Meow, meow. Hey. I'm trying to get that started. Is it orchid season? It is orchid season. Uh, what week is this? Uh, 23. Have you guys punched in? To what? We've into had work? needles punched into our arms. That's true. I'm thinking we start clocking in when we do the podcast. So it's a heroin podcast now? <laughs> I, we've all been stabbed. We all love it. We did watch Sound of Metal. We did. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. We're, no. Week... 23. Week 23. Episode 23. Well, no. Yes. It's episode 24, the lost episode. No, I include that in my calculations. You can, seriously, I want to put that on Patreon. Tim is the fourth member of this podcast, so anything with Tim gets factored in. Okay. He, uh, I was talking to him earlier. He said, he, he, so I was vaccinated today. Can you guys hear me all right? I feel like there's a fucking wild echo. Probably because the windows are open. Uh, it's a beautiful day or night. Uh, I didn't know. I took a two-hour nap after being vaccinated. <laughs> My arm fucking hurts. Aww. I feel. St- I mean, it stinks. It stinks too because when I was driving home, somebody was following me. It was Bill Gates. He knew exactly where I was. <laughs> it was crazy. And then Jeff Bezos, him just too, huh? ran me off the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tough afternoon for you. Tough. Yeah. Tough getting vaxxed. I got that J and J. You did. Two J and Js, one, one arm. That's what they said to me. And then they made me watch Two Girls, One Cup after, which I didn't care for. That's all you got? That's all I got. <laughs> all right. My, thanks, Tim, for that joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, it feels great to be vaccinated, though. Yep. This is the only fully vaccinated podcast. Well, not quite. I'm halfway there. I got my first shot this week. And you and I aren't fully vaccinated, so you've got, I think, a two-week period where once the two-week is up. Okay. And same with me. I got my second dose of Moderna on Monday. Mm-hmm. So two weeks from then, I'll be fully vaxxed. It's nice that we represent all three shots. Yeah, we really do. Moderna yeah, sucks. I mean, I'll be thankful for it, but it was a rough go. I feel super tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, my arm hurt like hell. <sighs> it's dark and hell is hot. That's the DMX record, which we'll talk about in mm-hmm. a little bit. But no, I mean, I'm glad to be vaccinated. I wore this to the vax site. And Christ. They barely let me this now too. <laughs> what are you talking about? When he says I wore this, it's a, it's <laughs> a Blazers jersey. Wait, it's a Clyde Drexler throwback. So, uh, oh, and then we got blue Adidas track shorts. Wait, hold on. They're and, meant uh, to be worn a certain way. They're short shorts. Uh, As he hikes <laughs> them up. And a lobster Hawaiian shirt. Okay, what about the glasses? Glasses are fine. Are they? Loafers with no socks. Uh, Sperry's no socks. Sorry. Yep. The, yeah, so... Uh, Gotta get they, the brands in. They barely let me in. They, when I walked in, they go, we don't have a vax for what you have. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm here for Johnson & Johnson. So, it was fun, though. I was the only one there getting it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, feels good. So, we like have shit. a... It was a 70-degree day. It's probably 50 degrees now here. These guys are both in shorts. I T-shirts. mean, me and Scott are what we call the weather boys, where every day we email at work, and I first thing this I say to Scott is we talk about the weather, because we're, <laughs> I think at that age where you just want to be outside all the time. I, that's been my whole life. That's not any age. But that's not that has not been my whole life. Hmm, me either. I'm still not not actually there. But like, I just dri- like to know what's going on. But outside. like that that walk from your car to your house, you're like, eh, is it going to be warm? Is it going to be nice? I have a garage now, and I don't mm. even have to do it. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Ooh, good throw, Bo. Didn't quite make it, though. Um, so, of course, we have a baseball game on. 
And yeah, it's, tis the season. It's a blue team versus a red team. <laughs> <laughs> Two teams that I own both those exact jerseys. Um, it's Angels, Angels versus Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to talk about that, but we are going to talk about. Does anyone have the document up? I do. I have it on paper in front of me. What's uh? What do we got on it? We oh. have an album that we all listen to. Okay. What Death album? From Above 1979. The album is for lovers. And the four is the number. Yes. Which I think was interesting that they went with that. It is their fourth album, right? I think so. Yeah. And it just came out a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about... That recent. Okay. Did you listen to it? I did. Yes. Okay. We won't Many talk times. about it. Oh, okay. I only listened to it today, but I did listen to it three times in a row. Okay. Um, it's quick. It's a quick listen. We'll it, get to perfect thirty-minute record. You don't see that anymore. No, I'm with you. But let's get let's, okay. let's get to it. Um, the Sound of Metal. We watched that. Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. directed by Darius Martyr, who lives in Ashfield, Massachusetts. Really? Mm-hmm. Did he also co-write the screenplay? I think he just yeah he did with his brother. Okay. Uh, we we watched that, which is kind of a. That's a little twist for us because that movie came out a while ago, a couple of months ago. But it's Oscar nominated, mm-hmm. featuring one of the best performances of the year from Riz Ahmed. Okay. That's that's one man's opinion. I mean, we can't... Well, it's also he's up the, for the an Academy Oscar. The Academy voters' yeah. opinion. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Riz Ahmed, who has a great rap career. We've played him on the show before. Yeah. He's really good. I really dig him. I listened to an interview with him today on NPR, and they played a few of his tracks, and it was... I think he's surprising. I think that. Imagine having that much talent. I know. (laughs) You know? Play a little bit of Riz. Talent and good looks. I think he's good looking. Did you ever watch The Night of? No. Very good. It's it's okay. Okay. It falls apart near the end. But yeah, it's well worth watching. Okay. He's Pacific Islander, right? This is Hamilton. This song's called Immigrants, We Get the Job Done. That's from Hamilton. <laughs> but I think Riz is on it. Well, he must. He was, he's right. sampling it. Okay, we can't do another <laughs> Hamilton thing. Or wow. The ratings will go in the dumpster again. because our The lo- two they played on NPR were um, the 9-11 Blues, and which he was his first. You should like, have seen Pat's head park up. <laughs> blues. Like a meerkat sticking out of the... He recorded in 2006, and it went viral via MySpace, I guess. And wow. the other one they played was, it was very political. It was more recent, though, but it was all about um, Pakistan and mm-hmm. India relations. His music's very well received, critically. Yeah. I, I think he's a really talented guy. He's really interesting. Um, I'll watch everything he does. I like The Night Of. It was a, was it Richard Price? It might have been. I think so, but it was directed by one of the Davids. I can't keep them all straight. Wasn't David Fincher? Was not him. <laughs> no, <laughs> it he... wasn't David Simon. Was it David Simon? I don't know. Doesn't anyway, really matter. This is somebody named David. This is perfect for our podcast. <laughs> Who directed it? I don't know. Can we look it up? No, a David. Um, but so we had a couple people die today. <clears throat> you know what? Get the deaths announced anyway. We had three people die today. Ooh, who's first? We got Henry Kissinger. No, he didn't. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they go in three. So um, I hope you die, Henry. Okay. You suck. Ben Shapiro is going to be coming for you. <sighs> I don't give a fuck. 
not afraid. But yeah. So Prince Philip at a ripe old age in 99. <laughs> I know. And he was ripe. Did you see his face? I did. I'd he seen was. his face before today, too. Now, it's sad when anyone dies, whatever. Of course. But the thing about Prince Philip was that I thought he was, he looked like he was dead three weeks ago when he was in that car. Very definitely. <laughs> did you did you get that clip that I had sent you earlier? Which one? About Prince Philip meeting Elizabeth. No. How they oh. knew each other. They were related. Yeah, yeah that was funny. <laughs> we, should have, we were going to play that in the beginning, but we totally. Someone had to take a nap. I, I, I'm vaccinated. You know, sucks. I mean, God, everyone's after me. So Prince Philip died. Who really gives a shit? Yeah, fuck him. But wow, <clears throat> do you care about uh, Lord Montabon? That was I, his lord name. No, I don't. But like, I'm not gonna just say fuck him. Like, so his entire there's a lot of Nazi stuff in his life. Yeah, he was a Nazi sympathizer. He also was a bomb. Unsuccessfully killed. It, it's unsuccessfully killed him but the ira when they were fighting for irish independence so that's bombed your, his that's lobster grudge, boat. Huh? they bombed his lobster boat and i think his like <laughs> grandson died and wow. couldn't quite get old philly boy so hey buddy rest in piss we don't need you <laughs> 99 though 99 is pretty old and he looked every every day of it he looked 110 <laughs> now which you know what's really weird is that I read that him and Queen Elizabeth are st- were still intimate as of two days ago. Why? <laughs> Stop reading those things. I yeah. can't help is this it. Fan fiction. I have like the five questions: Hit where, <laughs> why, how, <Where>? when. <laughs> <laughs> why are you reading this? Why is anyone asking? Oh, I this? thought you wanted to know where they had sex. No, 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 no. I want to know about in the stables. Why people are interested in this? Like, who cares? I think it was a time with Blue Chew. Generic Viagra. Uh, a few weeks ago when that picture of the car came out um, <laughs> of him just sitting like a zombie in the back of the car, the defector ran a post called, quote, what's the least flavorful food item that would nonetheless instantly vaporize Prince Philip? I uh, mean, like a fucking cucumber. And so a, a couple of selections here chosen at random were a sprinkling of Old Bay seasoning blown into his face, <laughs> a tin of anchovies, not consumed but opened in the same room as him, uh, gazing upon a jalapeno, <laughs> a vial of McDonald's Sprite, oh. any amount of zatar. I would say... Uh, 2% milk. <laughs> What's the shit in hummus? Tahini. Tahini would blow yeah. him up. He would just vaporize instantly. But yeah, it's sad that he's gone. I mean, now here's a question. This is serious. This isn't one of my little like segues into uh, a You have into a little a twinkle in your eyes, so we'll see how serious <laughs> it is. Do the eyes age? Your eyeballs, do yes. they age? Yes. But like, you ever look at someone's eyes and be like, oh, they have old Cataracts, eyeballs. glaucoma. Besides that, though. They get cloudy. You start to lose your vision. Okay. Are you positing that eyeballs live forever? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, if... Every casket is just two eyeballs <laughs> well, rolling around. I mean, if you want to get nuts, is that humans are essentially immortal. The human body is, but you get things like cancer or... I don't think this is no, right. You, no, you do die of things, but they're, like your body could essentially live forever. I don't think that's right. Your body does start to break down. But that's not the reason you die. You It's complicated. It's a separate <laughs> podcast. It's not. You're wrong. <laughs> it, immortal... You're saying a lot there. 
We'll have to do a little more research for another. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it, I, I can back this up off air, is that you can, dying of cancer is not a breakdown of your body. That's, a, that's something you get. Yeah, but <laughs> look at Philip, 99. He was starting to deteriorate on his own. He gave it a go, though. I mean, I, I don't, I think we're all surprised that he died. <laughs> no. Okay, I am. I'm more surprised that they were intimate as of two days ago. You're Isn't surprised cr- he died because you think people are immortal. This is all. <laughs> I have to send I'm you concerned. the. I'll I send you the wiki do after have some I edit side it. effects from the vaccine. <laughs> I, maybe that's true. Um, do you want to talk about DMX? So this was the other death that Scott was talking about. We found well, out. Yeah, Scott. Everyone's been talking about. this. Well, he said three deaths or two deaths. Let me um, play a DMX song that I was listening to today. Um, I was, Scott, were you a DMX guy? No, I wasn't. I was not. I wasn't either, but a lot of my friends were. So I only heard the radio versions of DMX. Okay. So I threw them on Spotify today, and they are very different. Yeah, there's a lot of bad language. (laughs) Um, He was part of my original, like, anti-rap dislike. Ah. Because when the... Explain it to me, bitch. You know what I'm talking about. All right. This is, this, this track is called How It's Going Down. Um, anyway, keep going. Your no. initial racism when you were first racist? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Why I didn't like rap and I didn't think it was very creative is just hearing someone say what in the background a hundred. I counted the number of times they say it once. And I think I used that in my initial music elite post. You were so close to being Ben Shapiro. It's insane. Maybe. What what turned you? God, a lot of things, I think. Okay. <laughs> Age, wisdom. Yeah, but we're talking about a nice like expensive college education. <laughs> oh, my God. So you were racist up until then? Jeez. <laughs> it wasn't racist before then. I'm going to get you that shirt that says, I'm not racist anymore. <laughs> you can wear that proudly. I don't like where this is going. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, we're just having a little bit of fun. Um, so are you going to actually play a good DMX song? Or what are you we don't doing? like this one? This is like one this of his best tracks. This is not what I had heard. This, this track is called How It's Going Down. It's off his debut. Uh, it's Dark and Hell is Hot. He kind of raps in a lower register. Uh, it's melodic. I mean, this is. I mean, we could play party, whatever. Y'all gonna make me lose your mind, whatever. We could play that, but um, I don't know. It's. I, I listened to just kind of his best of earlier. Yeah. And Swiss Beats, man. He they, made some. Beats. That guy was. They were the. They were the shit back in the day. Yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't know who had done it all. I read that someone described the way Switch beats, their beats were symmetrical. Does that work for you? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, I, it's it a, actually, I, I had a similar thought listening to it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just sucks. I, in in eighth grade, I was in Mrs. Keswick's homeroom, and the way the homerooms went was that it was by letter, so I was with all the M's. So right next the to me, morons. The come on, sorry. and you you're pissed that I do a, a couple racist gags. <laughs> but right next to me was Chris Martin from Remember? Coldplay. No, wow, from our fantasy baseball league, and that would be cool if it was real Chris Martin. <laughs> so I traded. We we would talk music. So I traded Blink One Eighty Two Dude Ranch mm-hmm. for, and then there was X. So Chris got Dude Ranch, which I think I just overplayed. And what did you think about DMX? Uh, I think it scared everyone in my family. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had to eat dinner by myself for a couple nights. (laughs) 
I don't know. He was only 50. Yeah. yeah. He'd been through a lot of shit in the last 15, 20 years, though. He had a heart attack? Is that what happened? Yeah, and he was just hanging. He was a vegetable the last week. Mm. He had a crack addiction. I mean, I, I don't... I, I don't like to see... Losing rappers sucks. I mean, I don't know. This guy had five number one records in really? a row. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. He was and, everywhere when yeah. we were in high school from yeah. like 1999. I'll until. be honest. He was scary to me. He was too abrasive. Very loud and aggressive. Well, at least the singles were. Um, See, that's, I if never you listened. listen to the radio versions, they would have <laughs> been fine. <laughs> yeah. He was in the movie Belly. Okay. I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, it's not like I'm... I guess you can kind of see how you get from DMX to, like, Clips or something like that. It's a short road. Yeah, it is. But I don't know. It was never my thing. I, I appreciate it from a distance. Yeah. But he was such a larger-than-life guy. It was never my thing either, but it was a large part of my high school experience because it was on in a lot of cars that I was in and yeah. background music for events and things like that. So uh, it's very nostalgic for me, even though I never really connected with it. Mm-hmm. Also, I saw a very cute video where he was on the slingshot ride with his daughter mm-hmm. and he was trying to calm his daughter down because she was very scared to be on it. It was just like, it, I, it made me cry a little bit. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fucking vaccines nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think that you can't really... Where the Hood At might be the most homophobic song. All right, let's play it. We don't need to do it. Yeah, okay? no, we don't need to do uh, it. It's really... I heard it today and I was like, wow, it's, this is bad. It's really bad. See, I find it surprising that people are just like kind of saying, hey, they're not critically assessing DMX uh, right now. Some of them are. Yeah, I don't know. People really loved him, though. Did they? I feel like yeah, he was a did. joke for about the last 10 years. He did that Rudolph thing that was pretty much a joke. I forgot about that. But like, he's staying in the headlines, but also we're kind of making fun of him. A little bit. He he, went, but he went through a lot. And yeah. he did. He created a sound. He also had dogs that were involved in dog fighting. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Well, let's, I think in a criti- we're providing critical assessment. We have to talk about it. I just don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, did you see that thing I sent you about Le- Lucas Giolito? Yeah, but I don't know who that is. He's a pitcher. He's Scott's oh. favorite pitcher. His name is Lucas Giolito. Giolito. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm never going to pronounce anything right if I don't hear it out loud. I don't hear these things. I know. Or- Oregano boy, what'd you call it? <laughs> what, what Oregon. You ca- or- Oregon. Oregon, that's Oregon. right. Oregon. No, I said Oregon. Yeah. It's Oregon Trail. It's or- then, Oregon, yeah. She didn't know what the Oregon Oregon Trail was. Whatever, we got up. Come on. <laughs> uh, um, so Lucas is a dog lover or a pet lover. Yeah, he, he fosters cats. He was really into it. He's, he wants to use his platform, which is only growing bigger, to support fostering animals. It's very nice. Um, so did you already drop him from your fantasy <laughs> to team? To be clear, I did not open the link. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's not on my team. Oh, <laughs> I thought he was on your team. Did you years, trade him years last ago? Year? No, Tony has him now. Oh, ugh, it's even worse. <laughs> He's on Q and on team. That stinks. <sighs> All right, what do you? Right, Matt yep. Gates, the Matt Gates gaff of the week. The Venmo, no. Ven, oh no. So Matt Gates, everyone's favorite, uh, favorite representative Dumb from faced. the Panhandle, Florida. 
Somehow um, he comes up every week on this podcast. I think I want to make this a reoccurring thing because when he gets you know booted out, I want to be yeah. part of the resistance. <laughs> Some people are like, instead of being one of those people that's like, Trump is a Cheeto, he's orange, I'm going to be like, Matt Gates has a fucking stupid face. <laughs> I want to get real specific for the people of Florida. I so, was trying to think in the car today, like, how do you define a dumb face? And you just, it's one of those things where you know it when you, you see, see it. it. Yeah. Well, he didn't always have that hair. He, well, yeah, that big hair. He kind of had a different haircut when he was elected. Um, he's also got a really strange body type. Which Let's is not, like, we, we can't talk about people's bodies. It's not fair for anyone. To him, it's, for him, it's okay. No. No body shaming allowed. Okay. That's fine. All right. So Matt the Gates, Venmo, off the Venmo, what? So he was Venmoing just all his hookers, like just on the public, <laughs> yeah. on his like public account. But we're not, hey, sex work, we're fine with sex work. Sure. It's A-okay. But handle your business in a private manner. Well, also. And he had texts to like one of his aides. It was like, pay this girl $900 and it's just no, that, a $900 No, that was to the other guy who's being indicted for sex trafficking. His oh, was it? Greenberg, yeah. Oh. So basically this was the trail where one of the people that he Venmoed this Greenberg character to pay, the name they used was a woman that just turned 18. Okay. So. Was the Greenberg character Ben Stiller? It was It was <laughs> Ben Stiller. And the woman was Greta Gerwig, <laughs> which is crazy to me. I would yeah. love to do a Greta Gerwig podcast. Why? We could. We could. Yeah. Um, so that's his gaff of the week. He was. I'm trying to think of someone I can do a Greta Gerwig podcast <laughs> with. You need to slow your roll with the podcast. Speaking of, you guys had your test run of your new podcast. Yeah, it went great. Care to elaborate? I, I, I don't want to, no. <laughs> no, it went really well. And uh, if it sees the light of day, please listen. Yeah. If, <laughs> it's going to be it, about Top Chef. Yep, Top Chef, season uh, 18, which I really enjoy. Episode two, I thought was killer. Did you watch it yet? Not yet. The one of the best quick fires I've ever seen on the show. Okay, and let's they, save it for the Top Chef pod. Well, I will say this is that <laughs> the main uh, elimination challenge involved two ingredients, which was coffee and beer. Now you're saying to yourself, "Hey, that's a simple. Th- th- it's been done before." Mm. But it was really. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it. But I really enjoyed it. So. Uh, do do you know anyone that listens to this show that also listens to Top Chef? That also, also watches, watches Top I, Chef? I don't, know. Okay. Well, that's yeah. thanks then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a great episode. And uh, you know what? We're, we're going to plug it. So we're going to get back it. to Matt Gates. All right. Do so we? Will he resign? No. No. I know. I, I feel like. Daddy's got too much money. <laughs> yeah. His dad made all his riches in hospice care non-profit hospice care just like the movie we watched yeah i, I care, care a lot. lot that was more i don't know what the fuck How that tall was. is matt gates's dad <laughs> what is that from is he like four feet i don't know <laughs> is he peter Dinklage. Dinklage? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, we got to edit that out. <laughs> the most offensive thing has ever been said on this podcast. It definitely is. If isn't. only that were the case. Well, I was thinking this. Let's make a bet. Do you think by June, no, May 1st, Matt Gates will still be holding his position in office? Yes. Yeah. By yeah. May 1st? I will 1st? say no. I will May say 1st no. is two weeks away. Kevin Three. McCarthy, who is the Senate Three. minority leader. No, he's the 
what's the speaker of the house the minority speaker of the house i don't know so Kevin McCarthy said if this is serious, they will take him off committees. Yeah. He already said he was going to possibly step down to join Newsmax. No, that was before this came out. But that was a soft landing. They was yeah, preparing but now they don't want, now they're not going to want him. And also Newsmax, the, the, come on. The Republicans aren't going to kick him out because they want this to be cancel when, culture referendum. No, no, no. When every other Republican's shit finally comes to light, mm-hmm. they're going to want a soft punishment for Gates so that their shit will also receive a soft punishment. I think that is possibly true, but in this case, this is the worst possible thing. So like, it's not, it's only, this is like 85% out of a hundred. It can get, it can get worse. Okay. (laughs) No one's dead. None of this is barely even legal. It's all it, just, it is all barely legal. I mean, at the very least, yeah. if you were Googling this, you would type in barely legal. Um, all right. Well, hey. May 1st. We'll see. We should do like a horn noise. And we do like Matt Gates gaff the week. Wah, wah. <laughs> so that's it. We'll check it with him next week. We probably will. Did you guys read the thing about what Trump's been up to? I uh, just opened it and saw this picture of him giving a he looks hesitant like a, thumbs like up. a young Prince Philip. Was it the link to the <laughs> Trashberg post? Yes. Okay, I read, I I read it, all that before. That was really good. I think Ashley Feinberg does a really good job. She does something. Her work is very comprehensive. It is, and I can't imagine looking up all this stuff on my own time. When I read blogs nowadays, I do this thing where I say, "Which came first, the Roth or the blog?" Because he has created his own style of writing that people are inspired by. This is David Roth, mm-hmm. sports writer, I guess you can call him. I, I would just, call him a sports writer. I would, yeah, a sports writer. I didn't, I didn't send him my vaccine card picture no. yet. I wanted to, but okay, too you tired will. and my arm hurts. So Trump is up to what? He's crashing engagement photos. He's actually just trying to like have a normal life at Mar-a-Lago. Well, not a normal life. <laughs> He's trying to balance it's like a work-life balance thing he's going for right now where you know he's trying to like um do a little me time he's a lot of self-care but so he's not like promoting trump 2024 yet at this point no he but is they not have a doing bunch that money in the bank for that they though. have like a hundred million a little bit under i think it's 85 85 so he's you know he wakes up he lives at Mar-a-Lago, which you're not meant to live at. You're actually not allowed to live there by local bylaws. Hmm. You're not allowed to live at a, like your residence can't be a club in Palm Beach. Okay. So, but he wakes up and he goes get bre- goes to get breakfast and there might be like 10 or 15 people also at the buffet. And Puts on the same damn white polo shirt. <laughs> terrible white polo <laughs> up to his nipples, the belt buckle. <laughs> I, I think he looks great, but... He definitely looks more relaxed and like yeah, he definitely does. He's comfortable. And he's he among also, his people. He's also not afraid to just be like, "This shit sucks." Oh yeah, this just, used to be fun. I know this is stupid, but he also it, it's so great that the people that like him still don't realize yet that he hate he has such disgust for them, right? Because now you get these white trash people that somehow make their way to Palm Beach at Mar a Lago and. They're dressed in like a, a sequin Trump shirt, and they see him, and then they're, the Secret Service like pushes them away, and they're like, "I just want a selfie." Yeah, and Trump knows it's they're disgusting and probably have COVID, <laughs> but you know he still has to kind of like put on a break. I do not think he's running in twenty twenty four. You're wrong. 
<sighs> is this another one of our bets that we're going to do, our patented bets? <laughs> you always way over bet whatever you're going to definitely lose. What's so, it going to be, 82? Who gives a shit? It's an easy way to make money. Just by running? Yes. I didn't think of that. He doesn't care about... He doesn't care that much about winning, but, but like, running is just... If you're, plus, he can just fuck over the whole Republican Party. I was going to say, he like... He loves having tor- people as hostages. Yeah. <laughs> he had me as a hostage. <laughs> he did. Wow. He had you for four years. Unfortunately, you're right. Yes. Because I was one of those guys that I'd go online and I'd be like, we got a damn Cheeto in the White House. We got to get him out of there. <laughs> I thought that wasn't you. I'm sorry. No, you said that was the old bit. So that was the old bit. Yeah. <laughs> we got a damn Dorito in chief right now, and we got to get him out of there. All right. Let's move along. Too no, much Republican I, talk. No, but I'm, I guess you're right. He has no problem torpedoing the whole party. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, I'll bet you my condo that All he right, does deal. not run. Damn it. Fuck. I'll, I'll give you uh, the garage. Half open I need a place jar to live. Duke's mayonnaise. <laughs> oh. I need a place to live. Can I have your unfinished basement? Yes. Look at this picture I posted. We'll post this on the Instagram. Look how comfortable he is. He looks great. He's got some sort of goiter coming out of his neck. I don't think he looks comfortable. He has a very forced smile on his face and he's doing a half hesitant thumbs up. I love his posture. But he doesn't have to scowl like he always did in pictures when he was president. He's just trying this forced, weird smile. Did you see the Newt Gingrich thing? Which one? Of him and his wife. Well, they post a ton of pictures. Yep. Yeah, uh, Tr- Trashberg had a post about that, too. You didn't read it? No. So Ashley, I don't know what Trashberg is. It's Ashley, Ashley Feinberg's new Substack. Oh, okay. Is that okay with you? All right. So, Newt Gingrich and his wife... Edit that. ...always wear <laughs> the same clothes and smile the same way. And have the same airbrushed... And have the same... And it's... I mean, there's hundreds of photos... So Ashley went through them all, and then she even like put them all together so you could kind of see like what the collage effect would be. To and, be like, a writer, you need to have a certain amount of like self. What do you call when you like self flag flagellants? Yeah, like you have Masochistic. to be able to. Yeah, you have to be able to like punish yourself. I can't do that. No, she went through every post, and so she came up with like rules, and they all. She always wears pink. He always wears blue. <laughs> occasionally. Gotta keep the gender no, straight. Occa- occasionally one of them will wear yellow, but never both. <laughs> I love it. Um, we should start she's doing a- that as a podcast. <laughs> she's always on looking. She's on the left or looking from the picture mm-hmm. on the right. He's always on the left. And he has a good. He looks great when he. Because he's always looking like that. He looks really but good. His smile varies a little. Hers doesn't vary at all. Um, he literally looks like. Horrifying. A potato. A baked potato that was done in the microwave. <laughs> Like that's the kind of vibe he's Are going for. Are these pictures over the years, like decades? No, this is just like recently. They're right always now. like in Italy eating dinner and then her airbrushed face and him just looking really good to be honest. But I wouldn't say really good. I would. It's for new. She's his third wife, I think. She looks fine, but this is all she does. She looks fine as hell. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this took a turn. I wasn't No, I mean, for this. I just I don't you know, Scott's got a lot of isms. Unfortunately, ageism is one of them. So if you're trashing the Gingriches. You got the Gingrichism. I do. You know, it's funny. We're talking about cochlear implants with uh, Sound of Metal. Rush Limbaugh had them and he died. Good. Yeah. So that ball's high. It is far. It is gone. So um, do you not have the agenda pulled up in front of you? I do. I, I'm looking okay. right at it. I, I see a very handsome man. Um me and him, I relate to him. He's got <laughs> likes to fall asleep at stop signs. 
<laughs> he also <laughs> loves pets. So I, I didn't print this picture out, but this is the Tony La Russa ad from, was it 76? Is you need a refresher? Yeah. He looks great, by the way. Now, the amazing thing is he still has that same fucking haircut to this yeah. day. And so, Pat, could you read the... So, so wait, this is a, for the listeners that don't know, who is Tony La Russa? What's his we deal? Ta- we've talked about him on the pod yeah, before. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. I don't know. He comes up often. <laughs> so, Tony La Russa is the current manager of the Chicago White Sox. Okay. <laughs> uh, he had taken about five years off from baseball. 20. No, he coached St. Louis. Yeah. Why'd you say 20? Not 20. 10. He took them to the World Series against the Red Sox. All right. Twice. No, it was Methane the second time around. He took 20 years off baseball. <laughs> he also worked for the Red Sox in the meantime as a special advisor. And a special advisor means you go to the games and then you're in the box and you just look pissed the whole time. You just time. drink wine and get pissed. You just get pissed that you're not on the field uh, being a leader of men. He worked for Major League Baseball too. Yeah, which is a, a, cushy, a, gig. a cushy gig, a soft landing for people where – you kind of be like, I don't know, maybe there should be four outs. You just kind of float <laughs> these ideas around. Or I don't know, and maybe instead of but a dirt infield, they use the a... The Chicago White Sox owner had fired him or not retained him like 30 years ago, and he always regretted that decision. So they fired their young up-and-coming minority coach to rehire 77-year-old Tony La Russa. You're not being <laughs> completely fair to Rick Renteria. They just fired... They wanted to... F- that he was out no matter what. He's a pretty good coach. He's okay. Yeah. Is he better than Tony? No. It's a wash. Mm. They could Anyways, have done something really so bold and hired a... You this know, picture I, on Twitter had crop, popped up, <laughs> and it's a picture of Tony LaRusso doing an ad for Hairspray. Mm-hmm. And, Pat, can you read the ad copy? Absolutely. Um, now, when you do an ad, the first thing you want to say is, like, what are we advertising? <laughs> what... What is this man doing? They what do is that. this? Ma- so they just say, Tony Larusa uses hairspray. All right, it's out there. Breaking news: This is a hairspray ad. Um, no one, ha- no one ever called Tony Larusa a sissy. Now I saw the original copy for that, and it was a lot worse. <laughs> uh, I'm not even gonna go. So he's not about to have stiff, phony-looking hair. Absolutely. Does that look like the? Do those lips, those thin lips, look like someone who would have phony-looking hair? I uh, have you ever seen thinner lips, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. That's why Larusa uses Consort hairspray. It leaves hair clean, natural, yet in control. Like him behind the wheel, <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the nearest exit, but he ends up in the woods, or at a stop sign, and he falls asleep. It's part of a complete line of grooming gear at down-to-earth prices. Um, All right, I think that covers it. No, the it. last line, oh. you have to read it. Consort makes a real guy look real good. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly does look like a million bucks. Uh, he hasn't changed. If you look him up now, he has the same hairdo, the same swoop down, the same feathered bit of business. Uh, and I think they should bring the sad back. I... <laughs> I don't care what the product is. Maybe the Jersey barrier on the highway. (laughs) That would probably work pretty well. Um, Now, what I like about it is that that is the same. Remember when he had shingles and he could like, couldn't open his eyes. (laughs) He had shingles. Look up Tony La Russa's shingles. (laughs) Do I have to? Yeah. I feel like we should keep these things moving. Yeah. Well, we're, we're making great time. A lot of time. 35 minutes. Septuagenarians tonight. (laughs) We talked about Matt Gates. 
Um, God, did I paste this in about Amazon losing the right to unionize? Ooh. It wasn't me. They real shaggy hours. Yeah, a, uh, Amazon tried to unionize in Bessemer and they lost. That looks extremely painful. Yeah, show Scott. Ouch. Yeah, that's from the hairspray. He put it right <laughs> in his eye. Just sprayed it right in. Um, da, 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 da. We're not going to talk about that stupid Reddit thing I pasted in. I think it's funny. This person posted, what do you think of that song, Play That Fucking Music, White Boy? <laughs> and I, like, it's so stupid, but it did it did give me a chuckle. <laughs> to give me a nice chortle. Was that Otani? No. No. Um, do you want to talk about the media of the week? Yeah. Let's talk about Sound of Metal first. All right, let's grab a break. Okay, all right. Refresh ourselves. All right, we'll take a break. Um, what DMX song do you want to hear? I don't think one more night. I don't know if I can make it just one more night. I've been going through and I'm going through. I don't think one more night. I don't know if I can make it just one more night. I've been going through and I'm going through. Understand, this ain't something that you talk about. You can't talk that gangster shit. I walked around. I could be a Grammy nigga for real sometimes. That's why lie, cheat, kill, rob, and steal sometimes. I know God made me, but what am I supposed to think He made me for? When He only paid me war. My whole life has been a hustle. Money coming to bottle, but halfway through the struggle, pull me out the trouble. God, if you listening, I need you to help me. Please cross this bridge, or you done lost the chin. My back's against the wall. I'm under pressure, like I'm about to fall. He like, no, I won't let you. I don't think one more night. Time's over. I need one DMX opinion from each person on this podcast. Scott, Let me you go ask first. you first if you're st- are we recording? Yes, we are. <laughs> now, we are back from a brief uh, respite. Is that how you say it? Yep. Okay, cool. Off are mic. you trying to say it wrong? No, but I just don't know how to pronounce anything anymore, and I have zero confidence in everything. <laughs> okay. um, off mic, we were talking about DMX, and I feel bad about... I don't think we're... We're smart enough, or we have the background enough to talk about him. Both those things. But, like, he meant so much to so many people, and I can't, you know, put that in any sort of context. So, it's terrible that he died. Rappers die young. It's really sad, and it's an epidemic, I think. It is. It is. You really love a nice hyperbole. No, but, like, I think it really is. And I, I we're not... If you're going to us for... We're putting... For SEO, we're gonna make this the DMX podcast, the official, <laughs> the official DMX podcast. But uh, we're not experts, so rest in peace. We'll Absolutely, leave it at that. rest in peace. He had a family. He had kids. Yep. He had a profound impact on the genre. Mm-hmm. He was super popular. I mean, you know, after losing uh, Notorious B.I.G., Chris Wallace, and Tupac Shakur, he kind of came in and filled a. Uh, you know, this is when we start getting out of our depth again. You're <laughs> anyway, just throwing names out but there. But anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> Sound of Metal, <laughs> starring Riz Ahmed, directed by 
Darius Martyr, mm-hmm. who also directed The Place Beyond the Pines. Which yeah, I saw that today. I didn't see it today, but I saw that mentioned. Have you guys seen that film? Yes. I, I haven't. I hated it. I didn't did not, care for it either. Did not like it at all. Interesting. I loved Blue Valentine, and I think, and I loved Drive, and I think I thought it was going to be more of that sort of gosling. But it yeah, was he played different. sort of a special needs kind of guy in no. Place Beyond the Pines. He really did. No. He had very little dialogue. <laughs> it just wasn't a great movie. I didn't like it. I started um, a very long time ago, so I can't explain why. But Blue Valentine, I think, is a genius movie. I yeah. think that it's very sad. You know, for a guy like Ryan Gosling who was in, in the Notebook mm-hmm. to do Blue Valentine, which is like the same genre, just completely fucking flipped on its head. Yep. And it's more realistic. I love Blue Valentine. I watched it a couple weeks ago. I haven't seen it in a while, but I did really like it. Same thing with Drive. So, I don't know. Place Beyond the Pines, I think, was I, I was like in that mode. So he wrote Place Beyond the Pines. He didn't okay. direct it. Really? Who directed it? Was it Derek? Derek is the one who directed Derek. Blue Valentine. Wow. One of the first times I've had bad info. Yeah. You bit, you bit off there. I bit off a little more than I could well, chew. Well, I think what I saw was from the people who brought you Place Beyond the Pines. So I just... <laughs> I like how you... Was <laughs> that how they pitched from the yeah, Sound of Metal? They, yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. That, I like that. From the people who brought you <laughs> The Place Beyond the Pines comes a movie about a guy who goes deaf. <laughs> All right. So since you rewatched it today, Patrick, give us a little uh, summary of The Sound of Metal. All right. Well, what I wrote in my notes was that The Sound of Metal is about a guy who has sort of this tenuous grip on his own life. Okay, but he's stick to actually what happens in yeah, the movie stick first. To Can you give me a plot synopsis? It's a guy who plays in like this noise metal band. Mm-hmm. He all of a sudden loses 75% of both hearing and both ears. Um, the movie talks goes into how he goes to like a, a kind of like a, a he's halfway house. He's also a recovering heroin addict. He's so, also a recovering drug addict, and he goes to this house for people that are deaf and also have substance abuse problems. Yes. So the movie just kind of follows him as he deals with these things, and it just examines addiction, codependent relationships, um, you know, sort of weird family backgrounds, mm-hmm. and it just kind of goes in depth to it. And it's, you know, it's an exploration of. This one character's background, whose name is Ruben. I forget what his first name is. Ruben is his first name. Stone is his Ruben name. Stone. And I don't know. It was a, I thought it was a touching movie that I think anybody could kind of relate to. Yeah. I turned it on last night expecting to watch half of it last night and then go to bed and then finish it today. And I couldn't stop watching it. Really? It was very uh, engrossing from the get-go, I thought. The... The way it's filmed, it's very beautiful movie to watch. It's heartbreaking. Um, there's not a lot going on, but they still sort of grip you from the get-go, I thought. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like a slice of life where it's like this one period of time in this guy's life where, I don't know, things go wrong, but he doesn't really appreciate what he has. But also, it's a super traumatic thing he's going through. I don't know. But he's also kind of, uh, not a dick, but... He's not very bright, I think that was... No, that's not it. Okay. He doesn't want to accept what's happening to him, because music is his life. His music is what what has saved him from his addiction, and it's his life, his career, it's... 
his girlfriend is the only other member of his band. Well, so it's like everything is tied up in music. So then to lose his hearing, where does he go from there? I think that they downplayed how much he had overcome to get where he was at. So like in the beginning, they show him with this like strict routine of wake up, work out, wake up, work out, make breakfast, make smoothies, wake up my girlfriend, we eat, we do this, 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 we do sound check, we play the music, after that we go to bed, we wake up in the morning, we dance. That dancing scene in the very beginning was meant to show their codependent relationship. That's not normal to wake up at eight or eight in the morning and then dance with your girlfriend in this like weird embrace. I don't think that was meant to show the codependency. I think that was just meant to show the, how they were still able to have fun. But other things did show the codependency. I think he I was. Thought. He had. Listen, he was like sort of like a dry drunk. You know what that means? No. Dry drunk is when you don't drink, but you're also not doing any of the other work to like get better. Okay. So you might be clean off heroin, but you're also OCD or you're... Um, Did have, they mention how long he'd been clean? It was four years. He, it was, he okay. was clean for four years and he met his girl. He's been dating his girlfriend for four years. Yeah. So there is an implication that maybe they met in... In rehab, you know, in or, rehab or yeah. recovery. Yeah. Okay. So, the so what did you think of the scene? So after he tells his girlfriend what's going on, they're in the van. So and she they're d- playing a show, and his hearing goes, and so he starts to lose his drumbeat as because he can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. So then she te- he tells her what's going on, and so the they're in their traveling van, and she decides immediately that they have to call a sponsor. No, I, that's not what happened. No? So they're at a diner, and he's freaking out because he can't hear anything. And he goes outside, and he bums a cigarette off someone. And The cigarette was the impetus. Yeah, the cigarette the was a sign. The you did not rewatch was. it? You no, just have, I didn't. You have a great memory then. Okay, because I got it wrong? <laughs> no, but like you, that was kind of a minor detail. Okay. But I felt like... I say it was a codependent relationship, but like that doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, you can function in that kind of relationship. I think she had his best interest at heart. Right, but, you know, not to spoil anything, but so he goes to this rehab facility and they have to separate. She has to leave him there. And then when they, as they're showing their separate ways, you can see how successful they both are apart Mm -hmm. and how much healthier they are. And so that's where, yes, I agree that codependency isn't always a bad thing, but for them, the movie showed that it, it wasn't the best thing for those two people. Well, kind of goes back to what I was saying before Scott told me to completely redo what my intro was. <laughs> that like he had fallen into a routine that hadn't, there was no growth. Like he was, and uh, listen, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying he was susceptible. He might have fallen off the wagon in any circumstance. If his chick left him, he might have right. started to do right. heroin again. Like right. he, it was, he had like a light, like he had like a light grasp on his sobriety. Yeah. And he has to do all the, these routines or whatever. And I, I, I want to point this out. The music they were making was really fucking abrasive. Yeah, it's it's metal. What was so it? it's, no, it's not metal. It's, no, it's noise, noise core. Met, noise noise what, what metal. was the name of their band? Uh, Doom. Doomcore? No, it was like uh, Fill for Time. So, okay. It Name, wasn't good. What's your top three fake bands in movies of all time? <laughs> That's not filling for time. Uh, this is filling for time. Say, we can do both. I'll say the Oneaters. Okay. 
There's um, one other answer. <laughs> um, still water. The wonders. Yeah, still water is good. Yeah, the that's wonders the is eaters. Eaters. Yeah. Is it? Okay, yeah. I, wasn't, I thought <laughs> oh, so. No. Kicked off the podcast. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about how in so in movies where there are like fake bands or fictional bands, they're mm-hmm. usually like not done well and then i can only think of the oneaters and stillwater i'm like they both had killer songs black gammon black gammon yeah. instead of back gammon okay yeah. eh, that's okay but uh the music's shit though the music wasn't it's very just good not for us but I, I just i listened to it closely the second time around and i'm like all right there's music there yeah Is i there? think if you like that genre <laughs> do you <laughs> oh i mean i've i've unloaded the dishwasher before and that's what it sounds like i mean um, I did listen to one podcast today where they talked to a music critic and she said she was very impressed with the fake band because usually fake bands well, sound like garbage. That's what I was saying was that like for f- the fake bands, it was, it didn't sound fake to me. No. Well, they were really, I don't know about Riz, but Olivia Cook, the, the woman mm-hmm. who plays the girlfriend, um, she was, she learned how to play guitar and how to do that did noise. Did she learn how to play guitar? I mean, I mean come on. I could have done that. <laughs> I forget the woman who she trained under, but it's some like noise core musician yeah. who's famous. I thought it it definitely, it didn't take me out of it. I mean, no. it, I guess it speaks to Riz as an actor. It was very he was, brief. Yeah, it, it was much. very brief too. It was the only the opening song's pretty long. The lyrics were funny too because I always watched it with captions. Yeah. And they, were, they were pretty, pretty entertaining. But um, well, as I started the movie... During that intro song, the mm-hmm. smoke detectors went off in my building, and I was Probably like, blended right in. I'm like, I'm going deaf. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of metal. So that uh, is, I can't escape it. The way that they used sound in the movie was incredible. Because yeah. during some parts, you're, you're listening to it from Ruben's perspective, so things are muffled, or there's that tinnitus sound, yeah. um, or there's just silence. And then they kind of cut in and out from the hearing community versus the deaf community versus Ruben's perspective. And it's very interesting the way that they use sound. And then of course the music comes into play. Very rarely do I, you, do you notice sound editing in a movie as you. like a lay person? Very rarely uh, do you. Am I a lay person? <laughs> I am. Very <laughs> well, lay. Well, you but don't notice music in movies. I don't re- recollect music. Okay. What the fuck? What are, are you on trial right now? <laughs> I'm fucking talking to Derek Chauvin over here. <laughs> um, Boy. How about this? But you're right. You're right. I really loved the sound editing in this yes. movie as well. Thank you. That, yeah. <laughs> are they nominated for it? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, they they should win it. If they don't win. We'll make that another bet. I get my condo back. <laughs> uh, do you? What do you think of the chemistry between Riz and Olivia Cook? I thought they played codependency very well. I didn't think they had great chemistry, but that might have been intentional. Whereas in a codependent relationship, it's not really about the chemistry. It's about these polar opposite emotions where you're like pulling back at each other. Yeah. So I, I thought it really worked. I might've been like looking too much into it, but they did have this certain amount of like magnetism about them. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I got chills watching it because we've all been in those relationships where you're like, I have at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to bring us back to the storyline though. So, Oh my God. He- <laughs> you get roasted on my own podcast. No, you're not. Okay. No. Um, so he loses his hearing. His girlfriend reaches out. Her name is Lou. She reaches out to his sponsor. His sponsor sets him up with this deaf rehab facility. And so they run by Paul Racy. Yeah. I forget his character's name. Joe. I think it was Joe. Is that what it is? Um, so Paul Racy 
is he nominated for Best Supporting? Yes, he is. Yeah. He's really he's good. He's not an actor either. He grew up with deaf parents. Oh, okay. So he's very familiar with this community, and that was part of the reason they wanted to cast somebody who has such an important role running this this house. Um, somebody that has experience working with... I thought he was great. I he, really liked him. Yeah, he was, he was really good. It's like a stern father figure. Tough love, I, baby. Yeah, tough love. I mean, I, I found it to be very realistic where they told him you can be here but you gotta do the fucking work yep so he, and the work isn't fucking rebuilding the eve of the house that's dipping on the roof that's that's and like that was kind of like on the nose for me when he was out there working on the roof because the they said you had to do one thing learn how to be deaf yep and he was like so Ruben obviously doesn't know sign language when he gets there and all the meetings are only signed. And so if he wants to communicate, they do have an option of what a computer that he can yeah. kind of type into and it'll read stuff out. Um, but he doesn't know how to sign anything. So the only way to learn it is basically just jumping in the deep end and mm-hmm. they just throw him to the wolves. Any other expressions that I can? <laughs> um, well, I throw thought him into the fire when he first met, what was the name of the, the, the guy who ran the house? Joe. Joe. When he first met Joe, right? sort of the show how codependent they were. He wanted to go outside and check on Lou. He's like, I got to check on Lou. I got to check on Lou. Maybe he was just trying to like bounce out of the situation. But Paul was, Joe? Pa- Joe. Was like, you're a heroin addict. And he goes, yeah. And he, he said, have you thought about relapse or like doing heroin or relapsing? He goes, do you remember what he says? I thought it was at that point that he said, I got to go check on Lou. No, he goes, today is not a good day. Oh, yeah. He doesn't yeah. lie. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. He gives a pretty honest answer mm-hmm. where today is not a, I found that to be very heartbreaking. Yeah. Because it's sometimes you don't know how you feel. That's part of recovery though, right? Is being able to be honest enough right. where you've boiled it down to good and bad days or even not bad not good days well i think that he hadn't been doing the work for a a, a while and he didn't know how to deal is this with it you projecting or is this uh, like <laughs> no a, well i don't remember thinking that when i watched it but it was a well, while ago okay well i just thought that i wasn't thinking that either i think his life was he was maintaining things and then he loses his hearing which is a huge i think when you're in recovery disruption you're, to your you're, life you're trying to work on tools to deal with everyday life right so he had gotten to the point where he can wake up every day, make breakfast, make smoothies, dance with his girlfriend, and go play music. And then when there was something disruptive to his routine, he didn't know how to deal with it. Now, what disrupted it was a major, major fucking thing. And yeah. he spiraled out of control. Mind you, he never did heroin. He never fell off the wagon. So what did he spiral to? I think emotionally he was like a wreck. I mean, yeah. yeah. But under, I think it's understandable. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's doubting that. I think that. Is this I, like a spiral macaroni? Like it's just pretty small yeah, and it stops. <laughs> I mean, we're talking. What, what's the name of that? Cascatelli. Casca- it's a real Cascatelli situation. Right. Can we do pasta every week? <laughs> we should. We got to try that, by the way. We'll, we should do a pod where we try that, cook it, whatever. So, um, but Scott's point of the um, the meetings and the sign language. So in the beginning, when Ruben first gets there, all of the NA meetings are signed. All the dinners are signed, and they're not captioning those signs for us. So we're really, again, 
thrust yeah. into Ruben's perspective. And we don't know what they're all saying. We can mm-hmm. see they're having a good time or they're having meaningful conversations. But then as the movie goes on and he learns sign language because he does eventually learn, then they start captioning the signs. So we're like learning along with him, even though we're not learning sign language, we're still like able to understand his world now through him. Mm-hmm. I like those kind of directorial choices. Yeah. Well, and it's not a bad world. I, I think that there no, was, I think there that's was what they were trying to show is that the deaf community, it's not a disabled community. It's, it's, they have a thriving like yeah, meaningful I mean, life just because they can't hear doesn't mean that they're handicapped. There was a place for him. Reuben could have, there was a place for him. And I mean, God damn. I mean, but imagine so the, if you just so went the crux deaf. of it is that Reuben doesn't want to be there. And the first thing he does when he gets there is he looks up this doctor who could do the cochlear implants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Him thinking that this will restore his hearing when he gets it. Which, if he did the research, he would have known. It which, wouldn't have done that. Yeah, which is something Keith well, Law pointed out in his review. The doctor was, also should have made that clear yeah, prior to doing the surgery. This isn't a small, minor <laughs> surgery. Was it yeah. 50 grand or whatever? Yeah, 40. like 40. 40. Yeah, he's like, he was like, it's, he, he would save the one price, and then he would double it for both ears, which I thought was a cool. Mm. But so, the community at the, the halfway house is against the cochlear implants because you, then you're not embracing yourself. You're not embracing the community. Right. And, and you're trying to fix something that they're not seeing as a problem. Yeah. So he ends up, spoiler alert, selling his, his van. Well, what happens is he's really embraced his life in that, in the deaf community. Yeah, let's go and he's that. having, he's, you can see him changing. You can see him embracing it. And then he sneaks into Joe's office. He goes onto the computer and he looks up Lou, his girlfriend, and he sees that she's, touring in Paris alone and that sort of sends him into a spiral and he starts to question everything that he's going through and then he sells all of his possessions his van all of his music equipment to raise money for the cochlear implants so that he can get back to Lou Mm -hmm. because he thinks it's going to repair his hearing and and get his life back on track so that's what it is he sees her again and that was you know it just sucked because, like, you, there was a place for him in that home. Yeah. And they offered him a lot of things. In the school, he was, he's working in the deaf school, and he's making all these great connections with these little kids. And as, like, a plot device, like, playing drums with the vibrations is something you can do if you can't. Right. I'm not saying I can do it, okay? <laughs> but it is possible, and there are people that do it. You could it. see how it would work for him. Yeah. How he could have made a life and out of that. He It might have been a better life. Yeah, I think, I think that's what they were trying to say. Yeah. I mean, it was... So instead, he goes the other way, sells yep. all his stuff, gets the money to get this operation done, gets it done, and then he can't hear very much. And it's all the tinny sound, and it's all, it's all warbled. Yeah, it sounds like our podcast when I compress <laughs> it too much. <laughs> Stacky. I, I thought that, I didn't know what a cochlear implant sounded like. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, one of uh, the grandfathers of our podcast. Do never, never I'm just that. kidding. But like, he had a cochlear implant, and I don't know how he, how he did a... Uh, radio show with it but with his jowls <laughs> so i i thought that how do you if you're deaf and they have a solution how do you say no to that i don't know well the the first doctor he saw when he was first losing his hearing did tell that him guy. that it was not going to repair anything yeah he did tell him and then the second doctor he saw just went in for the surgery mm-hmm. i guess and he had the surgery 
It was going to be four weeks before he could get the actual implants. Um, so he goes back to Joe after he has the surgery, and Joe essentially tells him, you have to leave because you're you're insulting everybody here yeah. by having that surgery done. Which may or may not be true, but that's you're fucking up the other people that you live with by doing that. Right. He had to do that hard line. And then I he thought asks, about that a lot. He asks Joe for 26 grand to get his RV back, and Joe tells him no. That was fucking bold. <laughs> Uh, that, that was, was bold. really yeah. bold. Really bold. Um, <laughs> All right. So, but then, so then the only real issue I had is that he had this little safety pocket of his girlfriend's dad who just was going to give him money to do whatever he wanted, even though they weren't really together anymore. Yeah. I don't know. No. I where did you hear? Where did you see that he gave him money? Didn't he give him money to buy the RV back? I don't. I thought, I thought the movie kind of fell apart. I didn't the see that. That was why he did he go didn't he go over there to get the money? No, he went there to get Lou. Yeah, I to reconnect was, with Lou. No, really, didn't have anything to do with the money. No. I thought Lou looked no. like a million bucks with a new hairdo. I think that was intentional. She was yeah. supposed to look healthy and thriving, and she did. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I just like when you watch a movie and it's like heartbreaking. Like that, this movie was set up to be heartbreaking. I feel like. Yeah. So he gets the implant. Lou, Lou is in Paris with living with her dad. So he surprises them in Paris. But shows up. With is the he at implant. least rich? He's in a dad. nice house. The dad, I think he's rich, but I don't okay. think that's not why he went there. He went there to surprise Lou and to like get their life back on track. For whatever reason, I had the impression that he was so willing to sell the RV because he knew in the end he had this little safety net of no. her, Scott her dad. Might be. We'll have to. Do an addendum to next week, but yeah, I don't think so, Scott. Okay, um, can I just do a, go over a few of my notes mm-hmm. that I have? Um, just now, do you want us to wrap up the movie? We're so close. No, and no, no. no. Um, I thought no. the scenes in Boston were really well filmed. They filmed it in Boston. It was filmed in Kenmore Square with the RV driving down. Did you remember any of this, Scott? No. Um, it was shot in 2018, but it didn't the, take place in Boston. They, they never, were in they were in Missouri or Missouri. Well, it was blatantly filmed on like route nine and shit um they filmed it in ipswich boston lynn cambridge danvers framingham Lawrence. blatant to who blatant to me boston yeah. boy you just you love route nine <laughs> it was filmed in boston landmarks? they were in like the sinclair that's surprising to me just because they were in like the middle of the country and they said that well and their the next stop was dayton ohio i think the well the director's from mass so okay. um i i wrote down that riz's acting is crazy intense he had wild eyes and when he went into the rehab in the very beginning, he was like walking like he was like ready to battle. Yeah. So that was one of my notes. Um, His performance was outstanding. I, it's so, it's weird because it's like subtle, but it's not. And I think that's Riz why it, Ahmed. That's is why like, it's good. Yeah. He's just one of the best actors. One of the best actors going right now. He definitely is. It's the first thing I've seen him in, so. Really? Yeah. You got to watch The Night Of. Okay. He plays a shitty villain in a Bourne movie. He's also in a Star Wars movie, right? I don't know. Yeah, he's in Rogue One? Yeah. Rogue One's good. Rogue One's fine. So, you want to get to the end? Yeah, so he goes to Paris, surprises Lou. Lou is doing wonderful. She looks very healthy. It turns out Lou has... um, like a, a tick where she scratches her arm. And so her arm was all scratched up at the I beginning of the movie. I don't remember that. 
And when he sees her again, Ruben points out, hey, no scratches. And she was just like, oh, yeah, like kind of brushes it off. But you can, that's a sign that she's obviously just doing really anxious, well there. Yeah. Um, and then he comes back with the cochlear implants. They have a great one-on-one -on -one conversation, but they, her, her father has a party that night. And at the party, we're, again, put into his perspective and you can't hear anything. It's mm -hmm. just all that ambient noise picks up and it's just a garble of sounds. And she does a lovely performance with her dad. Her dad's playing piano and she sings and he can't hear any of it. And at that point, he's starting to well up with tears and he realizes. And so they go to bed that night and he looks over at her and she's scratching her arm. Oh, I did not. I don't remember any of this. You just watched this today. <laughs> Do you remember it, Scott? A little bit. Okay. So, and he's saying things about how he wants... You know, he's like, I got to tell you something. And he starts to tell her about the RV. He's like, I got to get it back on the road. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, and he starts to go into it. And that's when she starts scratching her arm. And he was, and he just says like, it's okay, Lou, it's okay. It's okay. And then they cry and then they wake up or he wakes up, he gets dressed and he leaves her asleep. Mm -hmm. So he's headed back. I'm assuming to Joe. He's walking through the Paris streets. I didn't the, assume that he was noise. going to jail, but that's that's a great I interpretation. I figured he would, because where else is that he going to go? He's got yeah. nowhere. So he's walking through the Paris streets. He can't hear anything right. A beautiful church bell dings, and he can't hear it because it's all tinny and staticky. And he just takes off his implants, and it's silent. And he just has like a he, look he, on his face where he's yeah, accepting. He actually, and he looks you know, peaceful. <laughs> I talk about how he was wild-eyed, and, and he, his shoulder hunched up. Literally, his face just kind of was like... He's like, this ah. is me now, basically. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's such a... I think when people can watch this movie and, like, take what they want from it, but, you know, like, it's just about tension and about, like, things that happen to you. Like, what are you going to do? I don't know. Like, yeah. what would you rather be, deaf or blind? I'm, I'm not going to answer that question because... We ha I you have to. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> but I think he t he teaches Joe teaches Ruben how to be still with himself, which is something he was never able to yeah. do. Well, it's like living in the moment. Exactly. Like, yeah. There was that great scene where Joe pulls him aside and he says, "Tomorrow morning, I'm going to set you up with a pot of coffee and I'm going to put you in a room and I want you to just sit. And if you can't sit, then you have to write." And so Ruben wakes up, he sees the coffee, he sees the donut. He's like, "All right, sweet. I got a donut." Mm -hmm. He grabs it and he goes up to the little office. He puts the donut down, he sits down, he looks at the notebook, and he starts punching the table, punching the donut, and then he stops and he sign up, he like forms the donut back together and like makes it donut shaped again yeah. and then sits for a second and then starts punching the donut again. And there was a lot of those moments where there wasn't a lot happening, but you could just Well it's you like you knew your, everything that was yeah, going on. Yeah, it's like on. your un uncomfortability with your own self. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, Scott, would you rather be deaf or... <laughs> but, I, like, to me, there isn't really much of a difference. I don't think we can speak on this <laughs> in yeah. any well, this, real this capacity. No, this isn't yeah. going anywhere positive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel... I don't know. I just, I'm thinking about Riz. It gave and, me a new perspective of the deaf community. Yeah, well... I yeah. will say um, a, a different outlook, sort of. <laughs> um yeah i mean you know come on muhammad oh he's yawning this has been cat talk <laughs> well i think it was a i think it ha what are the nominations it has for uh oscars uh best picture best actor i think best, supporting is best actor. actor in play best sound editing um 
Who's the best actor favorite? Uh. Oh no. Um. She's Louise Black Panther. Oh. Oh, Chadwick. Chadwick for, <laughs> he's uh, wow, that was <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to. And so Daniel is not. Kaluuya. Yeah. Uh, sound he's of Metal. supporting, though. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Original Screenplay, Best Supporting Actor it with Paul Gracie. It might win Best Original Screenplay. Best Film Editing and Best Sound. It's going to win a couple. I think so. It's a great flick. I think that the second time around, you know, I think this might have been a movie that me and you would have maybe saw in the theater. You signed up for an early preview of it, and I then did, you ditched it. I ditched it, yeah. I stank. The other best actors, we've got Anthony Hopkins for The Father. I hated that movie. Did you watch all of I it? I did, yeah. Did you like it? I haven't watched it. It's just, it's so depressing because my grandfather actually had dementia and Alzheimer's, and it was yeah. like, what the fuck? I didn't care for it. Gary Oldman for Mank. Mank stinks. <laughs> that movie fucking sucks. It's fine. It's it's fine. I mean, it's that's fine. not. Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And very... I thought it was over the top. It's supposed to be. Emily, know, Emily like... is reading Fences right now, and I, I just read Fences. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm reading <laughs> Detransition, baby, and I love it. <laughs> and Stephen Yun? Is that y- how you pronounce Yoon, it? Yoon, I think. I mean, From he's Minari. got a great. He's really good. He's He was really good in that. I liked Minari a lot. Um, do you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. That was a long five out of five stars for me for Sound of Metal. Wow. Recommend it. Three. You just three. said you loved it two seconds ago. Yeah, I give it You're three. so all over the place. What the fuck? I give it Next three. Next episode, we have to rank all the movies we've watched. Three out Wait, of three or I'm three out of a five? New system. <laughs> I give it eight out of 12 <laughs> hearing aids. Scott? That's the new ranking system. I'm a four out of five star guy. Okay. All right. Do you want to talk about a little band called uh, DFA 1979? Yes. The album? Uh, Scott, what's the album called? I, I had a great... Is for Lovers. So, Scott, what made you pick this record? What circles are you running in where we're all talking about DFA 1979? Every Friday, you know, I scope out what the new releases are. Okay. And this is three or four weeks ago. Sure. I saw Death From Above 1979 had a new record out. I had never really listened to them before. Um, the reason that the name has always stuck with me is just related to an old Unreal Tournament a clan name? I thought it meant all your favorite baseball players were DFA'd. Nope, not this time. Okay. Um, but there was a there was a clan called Death From Above, and then there was a player named 1979, and just all these things that stick in my head. Billy Corrigan? Absolutely no reason. Um, but I've never actually listened to the band. So I, I put on this record when it, for the day it came out. So like you had never co- listened to any of their other music? No. Wow. That's crazy. Because I owned You're a Woman, I'm a Machine. Okay. I bought that. 2004? 2004, exactly. Hmm. What did you think of it then? <sighs> I thought it was pretty abrasive. Okay. Yeah. Is I feel it like different than this or is it similar? It's, well, why don't we play, a, I'm going to play a song that was pretty popular. All right. We got to let it play.
so very similar. Yeah, I mean, this is like 2004. This is a total snapshot of the era. Yeah. So you, you opened this episode with White Stripes, Blue Orchid. Exactly. And this is when White Stripes were getting very big. Yeah. And they came around right at that same time. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell where the music was at the time. And so according to Wikipedia, this is a Canadian punk dance duo. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. Dance punk, noise rock, punk rock, hard rock. Well, are the genres they you have. can describe whatever you want, but you listen to this track, Modern Guy. This is kind of poppy. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I dig this a lot. Yeah, this is one of my three favorites. This, I think, Pat, you had said, I forget the band, but there was some band we talked about that you said this would be a good song for a hacker movie where you could just see the neon green numbers flying by you. I feel you like I would say that. And, I have no recollection of it, but that's a pretty... It definitely <laughs> does have that vibe. Yeah. You know what? You're, uh, you're trying to get in the mainframe. I feel like I'm doing the same exact voice and everything. <laughs> but yeah. I'm I'm sitting in front of the computer. I'm just bashing the keys, trying to get that. Uh. Yeah, and this song is playing. That's what this song made me think of. So Hacker. this is the opening track on the album. Yeah. So I, I was pretty hooked when I just listened to it. What do you think about it? This song. What do you think of the band? Um, I didn't love them. There were certain songs that I liked, but I didn't hate listening to it. It wasn't like last week with Lana, where I was just like, yeah, depressed. I thought this that was fine. this was kind of one note. With yeah, a, yeah it, there were a couple songs that were like there's there was a song that reminded me of Beck. I could hear some Radiohead, The Strokes, Pat. You said. Okay. Um, so my comparisons were more Muse, Wolf Mother, bands I do not listen to. Yeah, I don't know them either. Uh, and also another Canadian duo. It has kind of just a rockier Japan Droids vibe. Okay. Hmm. Which Emily hasn't listened to Japan Droids. Not much. I think one song. Can I play my favorite track off the record? Sure. Based on the riff alone. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Which song is this? Free Animal. Okay. All the track names are pretty great. I like every single one. Yeah. I think this... Re- now, mind you, there's no Pitchfork review out yet. There isn't. I, <laughs> I, know. So, I don't know how so to... So whatever you say yeah. now, <laughs> you can't go back on. So, here, you know what? Here's a fun game. Emily, write this down. Okay. <laughs> Predict the Pitchfork review. Okay. I'm going to say 6.4. That's low. That's a good review for them, though. I Have we done a band that's been that low? Or an album? Uh... Yes, I, I don't know. 6.4, Pat. Scott, what do you think? It's oh! now. 7.0. That's gone. Ah, fuck. <laughs> so Shoei Otani just flew out to the warning track. That was Mike Trout. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was uh, gone. I'll say 7.0. Okay. That's, there's no statement with a 7.0. You okay. got to go 7.4 or 6.4. <laughs> they don't do 7.0s. <laughs> no? They don't. You want to go 7.1? I don't. No, I'm going to stick with it. No, no, no. It's it. fine. So, bet for my condo. Scott, you live here now <laughs> if you lose. I thought this was a pretty cool album. It, it's it only was, 31 minutes. Yeah, 10 tracks, 31 minutes. You're in your out. short, to use a phrase that Scott has used. It was way more podcast. melodic than I expected. 
expected it to be so in comparison to lana last week which i didn't think was background listening in any way shape or form this is great background music because you can just kind of you perk up for 30 seconds or a minute it threads the needle back in threads the needle and i I, told you that today i was like this is good background and i didn't respond because i was saving it for the pod (laughs) that's the kind of life we live now podcast life this the one song that i think deters from the sound on the album is love letter you can you play it and we can hear why. Yeah. these songs yeah i think so maybe like track four or something yeah but i like this song it changes a little bit halfway through um this was like spoon vibes a little bit yeah definitely a little brit daniel action going on yeah but yeah i liked the album overall will you listen to it again i don't know i was trying to think of that today okay maybe I think Scott came I, up with a little bit of a, I will little, be. a gem. We just, what I think the best track on the... Yeah. I'm going to guess New York Power Elite 1. Hell yes. Yeah. It's a pretty it's good jam. It's definitely the most catchy. Yeah. Martin Guy's a great opener, though. So you said you listened to this three times in a row, and that seems like a lot to me, just because... Oh, I did as well, probably four. Really? It's only yeah. an hour and a half. I know. No, it just it wears me out a little bit. Yeah, it does. I think they... It was kind of poppy, though. I don't get that poppy. So I listened to it on the weekly playlist that I create for our podcast. Sure. Oh, listen to this part. It's cool. It is cool. Um, and when you listen to it on a playlist, it just... It's continuous. And... There's not a lot of variation, so when Modern Guy starts back up, it's if you don't know that's the first track, right. you kind of just think. So I think it was like two and a half listens before I was like, "How long <laughs> is this thing?" And then I realized, oh. So I I did like you, it, and I'm I'm gonna listen to it more. Did you listen to Mean Streets with those stupid lyrics? I didn't dive into the lyrics. I didn't. I'm gonna play it. Did much. we say that this is a two man band? I think that's yeah. important to note. We did say okay. Listen to these lyrics. Okay. This track's called Mean Streets. Describing the plot of the movie. <laughs> Good fellas with Ray Liotta. So well, they have that Glass House song, and it, some of it felt like Glass Animals, just the way they sing. Okay, they I mean, I'm that's just going to relate everything. Oh, I back thought to of that too, Scott. But no, now, the way that they just kind of name shit. Now, if you were in, if you were a baseball player, well, who, who would you be if you like Glass Animals? 
Kyle garlic. something garlic. garlic. Kyle garlic. Kyle garlic. <laughs> Do you know who that is? God, no. He's a reliever. Did you like right? my Steve Onion joke? No, I didn't see it. You didn't. Oh my god, I feel terrible. Oh. Did you see it, Emily? I don't remember. Oh. So, so are we, we, had all- an, we had an email thread, and the uh, Minnesota Twins had posted what everyone's walk-up music with, was, and the highlight was Mitch Garver, who no, was, was on the Twins. It's no, Kyle Garlick. No, but the highlight is Mitch Garver using Atmosphere. Oh, okay. The, who's from Minnesota. Who's from Minnesota. But also on the list was somebody named Kyle Garlick coming up to Glass Animals' Heat Waves, which is a song I like a lot. And then I tried to say, I don't know who Kyle Garlick is, but I'm a big Steve Onion fan. See, I, I think I didn't know that was a joke because it, for all I know, Steve joke. Onion could have been a baseball player. So, Steve Onion, up to bat. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we all in on Death from Above 1979? Emily's not. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's it's really not for me, but it's it wasn't a bad listen. Okay. I'm kind of surprised. I thought it might have been too abrasive for you. I yeah. thought so too at first. It's very. It's like poppy though. Okay. It's not like it is, but real... it still is pretty pretty noisy. It was very noisy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like the hacker. That's true. When element. Yeah, I, yeah. I think small doses is definitely the way to Actually, go. Actually, I did think you brought up Bourne earlier. I was like, I can also see this being in like a Jason Bourne movie or yeah. something like yeah. that. That's fair. So, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult or either, but. Oh, it's an insult. <laughs> so, what are we going to do next week? I have a thought for next week. Let's. You guys doing can veto it. it. No, we're doing it. I right feel like the- I'm due a little bit of something for me at this point. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> please, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Come on. Indulge me a little bit. I. You pick the movie and the album. It just so happens I have something for both. So I propose that we watch a little movie, cult classic. Harold and Maude, which neither of you have ever seen. Never seen it. The entire soundtrack is Cat Stevens. Okay. Um, so we can do that movie soundtrack. I'm down with it. Scott, right. do you know anything about Harold and Maude? No. Is it so available Harold somewhere? Harold always tries ne- uh, to kill Netflix himself. Or Amazon. It is available on one. Okay. Hold on. That doesn't matter where. It's one of the two, Netflix or Amazon. I love it. I can't wait. Okay. I'm excited. So this is Harold and Hod? <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, if you guys listened all the way through, thank you. Do we have any edits we have to make tonight? I don't think so. Mm, I don't know. You weren't that offensive tonight. <laughs> I was, but I was shot down. <laughs> um. Da, 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 da. All right, I have a song I want to play to lead us out. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling this. That's not it. Um. Da, 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 da. <sighs> Send us an email. Yeah. Like us on Instagram. Sure. Rate us on Apple. Rate us on Apple. <laughs> Eat an apple. I don't give a fuck. Have a mango. <laughs> Who cares? Um, listen to Pat and Scott's and top their friend chef. Carrie's. Uh, yeah, listen to our Top Chef podcast. If yes, you this get- is podcast presents The Stew Room. <laughs> the Stew Room. Uh, well, uh, Salisbury <laughs> Hill, huh? Anyway, yeah, I wanted to listen to this. Someone, I, I was friends with it was listening to i'm like yes that's yeah. perfect okay. um i have nothing to add scott you got anything nope i'm good okay we uh yep, another hour and a half episode my arm hurts i'm very tired um i love you all we'll keep you in our thoughts for tomorrow all right say goodbye guys see ya bye climbing up on south Street. 
delight Wind was blowing, time stood still 